G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as plastic straws? Today's show is called Ahithophel's Secret. In the early 1900s, Japan invaded Korea. According to Korean sources, the Japanese were one of the cruelest occupying forces that they had come across. The way they treated their women and children was indescribable. One of the things that they did when they got there was to try shut down the churches. Now you think that if they would have looked at history, they would have realized that they've been trying to do this since the Roman times and have been unsuccessful. But nevertheless, they tried. The way they went about it was to first tell the ministers that they weren't allowed to preach. When they saw that the ministers continued preaching anyway, they shut down the churches and the churches went underground. However, one Protestant minister continued insisting that his church be allowed to open. And he just kept going back to the Japanese officer over and over again, asking, please, Let us open the church this weekend. Let us open the church this weekend. And eventually the Japanese officer said, Okay, this weekend you can open your church. And word went out far and wide that the church can be opened this week. And there were many people who traveled great distances to come to the church. The church was packed. And when they sang, the church was filled with the sound of their song. And as they were singing, Nearer my God to Thee, the people towards the back of the church noticed that the doors had been barricaded. As they continued singing, they began to smell the smell of gasoline. And soon enough, the fire was lit. The walls were on fire. Some of the frightened members tried to climb out the windows, only to be met by a shower of bullets. The minister invited the church to continue singing. And as they sang... At the cross, as they sang the last verse, the roof of the church gave way and everyone perished. The Christians who remained really struggled to know what to do with this. Some of them were able to forgive the Japanese, but others said, this is unforgivable. When our sense of justice is wounded, it is sometimes difficult to know what to do. There are certain things that are relatively easy to let go of, but there are other things when our sense of justice is violated that are much harder to let go of and to forgive. Many years later, a group of Japanese Christians came to the spot where this horrible massacre happened. And when they read about what had happened there, They were deeply ashamed for their country and they wanted to do whatever they could to make things as right as they could. So they went back home and raised some money and came back and built a new church on the spot where the old church had been burnt down. They were there for the opening ceremony, Koreans and Japanese together. They decided to close the ceremony with two songs, Nearer My God to Thee and At the Cross. As the songs were sung, there were many tears that were shed. Many people who were unable to let go of what had happened were able to forgive their brethren, even though many of the Japanese that were there weren't even alive at the time this happened. Some were able to let go, but some were not. We have a sense of justice that God puts in our hearts. In fact, we read in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, The Lord longs to be gracious to you, therefore he will rise up to show you compassion. For he, the Lord, is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. God has put this sense of justice in our hearts, the desire for justice, but sometimes our sense of what justice is and God's sense don't line up. The Bible instructs us to forgive when we feel that we have been wronged. And sometimes we say no. 
These things cannot be forgiven. Now, what is the result of this way of thinking? We'll find out just after this song. Salvation in the name of Jesus, in the sweet name of Jesus, just claim his name and his righteousness, he'll stand for you, for he is true, there is salvation. There is freedom in the name of Jesus, in the sweet name of Jesus, just claim His name and His liberty. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at the result of an inability to forgive. What happens when our sense of justice and God's sense of justice don't line up? What happens when our sense of justice has been wounded by something that those around us have done? What happens when we refuse to forgive? What typically follows an inability to forgive is bitterness. What follows is a period of being bitter about something that was done for them and they want to make it right, but they cannot. 
Today we're going to have a look at the story of Ahithophel. Now, Ahithophel was someone who was very prominent in the life of David. We find him first mentioned in 1 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 13, where we are told that he was the king's counsellor. He was David's counsellor. Now, I want you to think about just how important this position was. Israel was quite big at the time. In fact, we're told that they had somewhere between 1.1 and 1.6 million fighting men. Now, just to put this into perspective, if you have a look at the number in the army in America, it's a tad over a million. One million and fourteen thousand at the moment. They had more during David's time when Ahithophel was his counsellor than America has today. The king had many counsellors to choose from. But he chose Ahithophel. Now, we're told something about him, which to my knowledge, we are not told of anyone else in the Bible. Ahithophel was an incredibly clever man, an incredibly wise person. We're told that the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. Now, the oracle of God is usually the way that a prophet is described. Essentially, what we're told is that when you asked him for advice, it was as if you had inquired of God's prophet. It was as if you were hearing from God what you should or shouldn't do. This is how wise this person was. Ahithophel was a good friend of David's. However, when the rebellion with Absalom took place, Ahithophel rebelled against King David. One of the messengers came to David and said, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Now, I imagine that when David was told this, he would have been like, no, not Ahithophel. He was my good friend. Are you sure? In fact, many scholars believe that the writings in Psalms chapter 55 verses 12 to 14 are directly speaking about Ahithophel. David writes, if an enemy was insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe was rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshippers. David was saying, he was my friend. We went to church together. And then you see by David's next reaction in the later part of the verse where he realizes just how serious this problem is. He remembers how clever Ahithophel is. It's like speaking to a prophet. What David says next is, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. He realizes that Ahithophel is now counseling Absalom. He realizes that he's in trouble. He knows how clever he is. So, what caused Ahithophel to rebel? What caused this person who was David's friend? They went to church together. What caused him to turn against David and to rebel? This is something that isn't obvious in the Bible at a cursory reading. It doesn't stand out. In fact, you have to jump back and forward between a number of verses where Ahithophel's name appears for you to understand why he rebelled against David. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 34, we're told that Ahithophel was one of David's mighty men. In Samuel 23, you have a list of David's mighty men. There are 37 individuals listed. Now, these mighty men were like the best of the best of the best. They were the king's guard. They were the very best amongst the fighting forces. And this is one of those chapters that I have to admit when I usually read chapters like this in the Bible and I come across passages where it's just a list of names, I'm inclined to kind of just skip over them. But in verse 34, we're told that one of these mighty men was named Iliam and he was the son of Ahithophel. And then if we turn back 
to Second Samuel chapter 11 verses 2 and 3, we find out why. The verse reads, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And that woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Here we find out that Bathsheba was Ahithophel's granddaughter. Stay with us after this song and we'll examine just how prominent Ahithophel's position was in David's kingdom. As the deer panneth for the water so my soul longeth Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at the bitterness of an old man called Ahithophel. We've just found out that this man was one of David's most trusted counselors, and that he turned against him. We also found out that he was Bathsheba's grandfather. Here, we discovered what led him to rebel against David. They had a prominent position in the kingdom. He was the counselor of the king. His son was one of the king's mighty men. His grandson was also one of David's mighty men. They were extremely well off. Think about it. For David to be able to look from the top of his building and see Bathsheba bathing, it means that their house was right next to the castle. They had a prominent place in the kingdom. And here, their family's name is shamed. And what happens after this is that Nathan comes up to David. And he's told of his sin. This is made public. But he's also told that God will forgive you for your sin. But you will pay a price for what you've done. And that price will be your son, but you will not die. God will forgive you. Now think about this from the perspective of Ahithophel. His granddaughter was taken to the palace. Many people believe that what happened to her was against her will. In fact, she had no option to refuse the king's advances. So your granddaughter is taken to the palace and essentially raped. David goes to cover this up by 
killing her husband. And then, as a punishment for what David has done, your great-grandson will die, but David is forgiven. The justice that God gives in this situation is not acceptable in the eyes of Ahithophel. So it's no surprise that when Absalom rebels against David, in fact, many prominent theologians believe that it was actually Ahithophel who was behind the rebellion. Many believe that it was at his counsel that Absalom gained favor in the eyes of many in Israel. When the opportunity presents itself, he rebels against David. His sense of justice is wounded. And he is going to make things right. What has happened is not fair. From his perspective, David has got off way too easy. He needs to pay for his crimes. And notice what he says in Second Samuel chapter 16, verses 20 to 22. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give advice as to what we should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines whom he has left to keep the house. And all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then the hands of all who were with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on top of the house, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all of Israel. You can see what Ahithophel is thinking. He's thinking it's on this rooftop that the shame of my family began and it's on this very rooftop that you will be shamed in front of the kingdom. I will have justice. But man's justice is different to God's justice. He was upset by what happened to his granddaughter and to make it right, he has a similar thing happen to ten Other women were told that David left ten of his concubines behind as he fled to look after the castle. His sense of justice was injured and this is how he was going to make it right. Once he had done this, was this enough? Was his sense of justice satisfied? We'll find out just after this song.
that God, His Son not sparing, sent Him to die. I scarce can take it in that on a cross, my burdens gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art! Then sings my soul. to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at the bitterness of an old man called Ahithophel who was David's trusted counsellor who turned against him. We found out that the reason was that he was Bathsheba's grandfather. David's indiscretion, to put it lightly, with Bathsheba cost Ahithophel dearly and he was determined for Revenge. Therefore, he instructed David's son Absalom to take David's concubines on the very roof from which David saw Bathsheba bathing. And after David was shamed in this way, was this enough? Was his sense of justice satisfied? Do you think he felt, oh yes, he's now been shamed in front of all of Israel? No, of course not. Bitterness tends to snowball. When one holds on to something that has been done to them in the past, nothing that can happen will make things right in the end. We find in 2 Samuel chapter 16 verses 1 to 3 that Ahithophel continues speaking to Absalom and he says, Now let me choose 12,000 men and I will arise and pursue David. I will come up upon him while he is weary and weak and I will make him afraid and all the people who are with him will flee and I will strike only the king. Then I will bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. Here, He will have his revenge. His justice was wounded and he was going to set things right. However, God says to let him sort out the justice in this world. We're told in Deuteronomy 30 verse 35 that God says vengeance is mine and recompense. God says people will get their reward. But Vengeance, justice, let me deal with that because I and I alone am capable of mixing justice with mercy. You see, God doesn't just want to save the person who's been wronged. He wants to save the offender as well. Paul picks up on this concept as he writes in Romans 12, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. 
I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. You know when someone is really angry at you and you respond by being nice to them? If they're not willing to let go, it just seems to frustrate them. The verse continues, do not be overcome by evil. When we are holding on to bitterness, when we are holding on to the past, essentially what we are doing is we are allowing ourselves to be overcome by evil. We are trying to get our sense of what justice should be. Not trusting that God in his time will give out what is the correct justice. We're told to overcome evil with good. Now, the advice that Ahithophel gave to Absalom to give him 12,000 men to pursue David, I'm of the strong opinion that if this advice was followed, remember, this is an extremely clever man. I believe that if this advice was listened to, David would have died. He was weakened at the time and had very few men there with him and he had his family, I believe that he would have been easily overtaken. But what ended up happening? We'll find out just after this song. I cannot feel when my wounds don't heal. Lord, I humbly kneel, hidden in you. Lord, you are my life, so I don't mind to die just as long as I'm hidden in you. If I could just sit with you a while If you could just hold me Nothing could touch me Though I'm wounded, though I die If I could just sit with you a while I need you to hold me Moment by moment Till forever passes by When I know I've sinned When I should have Just hold me Nothing could touch me Though I'm wounded, though I die If I could just sit with you a while I need you to hold me Moment by moment Till forever Passes by 
could just sit with you a while. I need you to hold me, moment by moment, till forever passes by. Moment by moment, till forever passes by. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Maris Gio, and today we're looking at the bitterness of an old man called Ahithophel, who was David's trusted counselor who turned against him because of what David did to his granddaughter Bathsheba. Ahithophel joined in Absalom's rebellion and instructed him to take David's concubines on the very roof that David saw Bathsheba from. This did not satisfy his sense of justice, and he then advised Absalom to let him take 12,000 men and kill David. I believe if this advice was listened to at this time, David would have been killed. So what happened? To understand this, we need to go back to what David said when he realized that Ahithophel had turned against him. David says, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Straight away he realizes his danger. He realizes that only God can help him. And I love that the answer to his prayer comes in the very next Verse. It says in Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 32, Now it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God, there was Hushai the archite coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. Now Hushai actually wanted to stay with David. But David said, no, you need to go back to the palace. You need to go there and give advice to Absalom and make sure that I'm safe. And after Ahithophel gives the advice to him to allow him to take 12,000 men, we're told that the king thought this was good advice. But notice what happens in the next verse, in verse 5 of Second Samuel 16. We're told that, Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the archite also. And let us hear what he has to say. In answer to David's prayer, God prompts the mind of Absalom. Yes, you've heard this advice from Ahithophel. It sounds good, but why don't you ask someone else as well? And he asks Hushai, who comes and says, the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. He proceeds to tell the king that when someone is cornered, they become more dangerous. What you should actually do is spend time and grow an army and then you'll be able to overcome him. Essentially, what he's trying to do is buy time for David. And what happens is that Absalom listens to him. And therefore, Ahithophel is unable to get the justice he feels he deserves. So what did Ahithophel do next? We find out that when Ahithophel saw his advice was not followed, he settled a donkey, arose, and went home to his house, to his city, then put his household in order, and hanged himself and died. This was the outcome of the bitterness that he held on to, to have the justice that he thought he deserved. When he couldn't get it, he went home and hanged himself. And think about the legacy that this man left behind. He is now remembered as a bitter old man who was unable to get revenge and committed suicide. God had other plans for him. If he would have accepted God's justice, then he would have been remembered as the great-grandfather of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, but God's justice seemed too hard for him to accept. We're told in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 to 32, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. We're told to let all bitterness, wrath and anger 
clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind with one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We're told that it's our responsibility to forgive just as God forgave us. I want to ask you today, is there something that you've been holding on to? Something that you're unwilling to let go because your sense of justice was wounded and quite possibly rightfully so? I want you to think about what happened with Ahithophel. The story goes that there were two monks that were walking by a river and as they walked they saw an old lady sitting on the riverbed and crying. So they went up to her and said, what's wrong? And she said, I cannot get across the river. My family's on the other side. I thought there was a bridge here and the water's going too fast. There's no way I can cross this river. And they said, that's all right. We'll help you get across. So they linked hands and seated her on their hands and they carried her across the river. And when they set her on the other side, she was extremely grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done. And so they crossed back and continued on their journey. And when they got to the other side, one of the monks said, Ah, my clothes are all wet now. I spent some time ironing these clothes before we went out on our journey, and look, they're all wet and wrinkly. Ah, that old lady. And they continued to walk, and then he said, Ah, do you see this mud over here? I got mud from the riverbank on my clothes because of that old lady. It would have been better if we had never seen her. Then they continued walking and walking. And you know, my hands are pretty sore from carrying her all that way. That old lady has caused so many problems. And they continued walking. And you know, my back hurts a little bit. I'm not really sure, but I may have twisted a muscle. That old lady has caused so much grief today. And he asked the other monk, hasn't she caused you any grief? And he responded by saying, Well, I set her down about five kilometers ago. It seems that you've continued carrying her with you. When we hold on to what was done to us in the past, to the problems that those around us have caused, we carry that pain with us. I want to ask you, is there pain that you are carrying around with you that God is asking you to lay down at the foot of the cross? At the cross is where we find that God forgave us. At the cross is where we find the strength that God offers us that we may forgive those who hurt us. Spurgeon says, let us all come to the cross that we may obtain forgiveness. But he continues and says, and let us linger there that we may learn to forgive others. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one you've just been listening to called Ahithophel's Secret. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, Alleluia, Alleluia, Thou burning sun with golden beam, Thou silver moon with softer gleam, Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven alone, oh
praise Him, Alleluia. Thou rising morning, praise rejoice. Ye lights of evening, find a voice. Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story T'will be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love